Welcome to ShareHouse, where you'll discover tips, trends, and takeaways from top product and e-commerce experts. We'll talk about it all, from product design to product sales, e-commerce to retail, and operations to marketing. Join your hosts, Emerson Hammer and Russell Steed. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the ShareHouse podcast. Today, we are going to be talking with Adam Peak. He is known as the packaging pastor. He is the man behind the magic of, of a lot of different brands packaging. He's got a ton of experience. So I'm going to pass it over to him. Adam, you want to give us a little intro to yourself? Yeah, of course. Thanks so much, uh, Russ and Emerson and ShareHouse. And I'm, I'm super excited to be part of this and just be a small part of your community and, uh, you know, maybe potentially even a bigger part of the community. So I just, I, I really love the idea of community. So I am both in the packaging industry and an ordained Southern Baptist minister. And I, I do actively still preach and pastor and, uh, get to, get to be part of a, of a community. And what's awesome just even about that word is that, that community comes from two like root words, common and unity. And so when you come together and share that, there's a lot of really great stuff that can happen is my belief. So I have been in the packaging industry for uh, just over 15 years. I've done uh, supply chain, some, a little bit of design. I was even a delivery driver for a little bit. Uh, and currently I am the senior vice president of sales for a wonderful company called Myers Printing out of uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. I live with my five kids and one wife in West Jordan, Utah. <laughs> uh, we also have, uh, you know, I just, I'm not from here, so I just still keep clarifying. <laughs> just it. clarify. I love it. Listen, you, know, you don't have to keep. You don't have to keep saying the one wife thing. Um, <laughs> well, I really want to go to one of these sermons, man. I feel like you're you're wrapping packaging and into preaching at the same time. I mean, Moses wasn't in a basket; he was in a corrugated basket coming down oh, or something. I mean, I'm sure you could. Man, don't even tell about started. Yeah, talk about the flute size don't on that basket. <laughs> don't even get me going. You know, we got we got Jesus turning water into wine, and we can talk about wine packaging. And, uh, how, how I prefer to just like buy bottles of water and just be like, "All right, Lord, that one that miracle you did, like it's way cheaper to just like have water and just pray." It's never worked for me, um, but I'm still still trying. I'm it. trying. I'm trying. Oh, that's yeah, amazing! Yeah, yeah. yeah, just trying to get some sales uh, during the, during the sermon. Get some sales and like, hey, here you go, guys. If you guys need packaging, you know, talk to me afterwards. <laughs> so that's that's great. I love anybody it. Anybody here needs <laughs> anyone here needs that? Uh, no, so yeah, that's that's a little bit about my background. Um, we've we've really enjoyed the move. We moved out to Salt Lake City area about four years ago. Um, and it's been it's been wonderful. So I also in the packaging industry, uh, I do host uh, I host the People of Packaging podcast, which uh, has a, a delightful audience of international listeners. And so I've been doing that for a little over three years. Uh, I'm very active on TikTok, like you mentioned. Um, I'm at Packaging Pastor, and I create TikTok videos there. It started off as kind of a joke between me and my, um, at the time, 14, now 15-year-old son, that I could get 100 people to follow me on TikTok and not dance. So I, uh, <laughs> I, just, talk about, I just talk about packaging. I've got a kid's book coming out that I'm writing with my family um, about packaging and how children see packaging differently than adults. And so that should be coming out early next year. Uh I, I have a course that I co-created uh, with uh, Clemson 
the packaging school at Clemson, um, and that's at sellingpackaging.com. So I have all sorts of fun things. I try to make packaging fun and interesting because I really believe packaging is an awesome industry. I did a TED talk, a TEDx, excuse no me, TEDx all talk right. about packaging. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, it's all the things I really dove into the industry. <laughs> well, I mean, moral of the story, you've niched down into packaging, which actually is massive in and of itself. But I mean, this is yeah. very much uh, something that a lot of brands overlook or they don't put enough attention into, or they just kind of do it offhanded. So I think uh, today's conversation with you is going to be I think, fascinating. What I love about this so far is a lot of people in entrepreneurship, granted, we all want to create this new sexy thing and, and like be the next Tesla, the next, I don't know, the next Amazon kind of kind of vibe of something. But honestly, you're making packaging sexy. Like that gets me so stoked. Like you can niche down and have fun in any type of business you're in. And I think that's that's right. amazing. Like you're definitely doing that where you, you have a, a passion for packaging. You're, you're, you're niching down on it and going through all these other mediums. Like to dive in and see a guy doing TikTok on packaging is like amazing. Like, like the things you could think, like the creativity behind that and how much content there is and just like your depth of how you can definitely go down that wormhole of just like understanding so much about packaging. So I'm excited to kind of, we're just going to scratch the surface on some of your knowledge and maybe we won't go into the, the details of the ink types or the cardboard types. I'm sure you could go hardcore into that, which I'm sure you'll find a good way to do a TikTok dance or some of that for us about different inks or something. Maybe you have a song about different inks. I don't know, but it's a wrap. It's actually yeah. a wrap. There's probably some, you know, what's, so let me tell you a funny story about that. It's, it's not funny. It's actually, well, I don't know. We're going to, we're going to go with funny. Okay. So in the packaging world, when, when you're calling out certain colors, uh, there's a there's a library called Pantone. It, it's sort of the standard of colors, and it's it's called like a it's called a PMS color. So it's like I want PMS you know 407 or whatever it is. So one time I was I was working I was living in Colorado Springs, and I was hanging out outside with my wife and a bunch of her friends who are all um, they're all females and they were paint they were like trying to decide a color to paint their garage and they had a bunch of different colors and I was like hey this is what I do like I'm always helping brands kind of work through like okay sh like what what color PMS red should we use and all of the women were it was like like record scratch <laughs> like did you just say what I think you said and I'm like oh no 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 what I meant <laughs> like that's an industry term I understand like we no. should step away from the context here a little bit I'm I'm going to go inside. <laughs> Just you know, I, I don't it's know like, what I'm talking about. I'm out. Uh, I'm leaving this conversation right now. I've said the wrong words uh, and it amazing. meant something different to me. So no, we don't have to break down uh, you know, how, how to use a spectrophotometer to get a Delta readout of the correct Pantone on foil board. Well, thank goodness. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll spare the audience. <laughs> and if amazing. you do want to know more about that, just reach out to Adam. And he will. He, he can talk you talk to you about that. So <laughs> we can get real nerdy, real nerdy. on package. So Adam, I, yeah. before we like dive in, I need to know: Did you get the hundred followers without dancing? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty. Pretty, pretty quick. Uh, it turns out there's a lot of people who want to learn about packaging on TikTok. I mean, TikTok has become almost the default search engine for a lot of younger people. And, you know, I'll give I'll give a quick plug to one of my good friends who helped me in it. His name's Corey Connors. And he started off on TikTok well before I did. He's at Corey Gated, C-O-R-Y-G-A-T-E-D. <laughs> nice. And it's an awesome name. He works in the corrugated industry and he started creating these videos 
I mean, and just like millions of views on them. So wow. it's not just for like teenagers who dance and like make dumb videos. Uh, there's a whole world of business opportunities, I think, for brands and for for individuals to to just go do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I did. I did get I'm I'm at almost 15000 followers today. So that's nice. I made it. You made it. You're an <laughs> yeah. influencer. So that's cool. That's something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you get free care boxes coming to you. And it's like, oh, this this Corga isn't good enough. Toss it. Like you're rating it when people send your influencer gifts pretty much now. <laughs> Yeah, and and I get to like I get to like wear wigs, right? Oh. So like I get to put on my Napoleon Dynamite wig <laughs> and create and create packaging content on TikTok. So, so do you always like, wear that that uh, that wig on TikTok? Is that kind of your thing? No, I just did today. Uh, <laughs> I literally like right before this, I made a TikTok wearing this out. If you go on my TikTok, you'll see me wearing this exact outfit because I was making it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get on this podcast. <laughs> well, I got a wig. It's like, wait, I swear uh, you were bald, but now you have hair. What is going on? Uh, Russ, take note. All exactly. right. <laughs> I looks like I need to get myself a wig. Uh, yeah but did you notice what it did to the lights because i've got like lights in my like podcast recording closet and now my forehead's not glowing oh, so there like, you go. it's a new I look know. i gotta <laughs> it's weird like my kids put something in it right here and i don't know it's it's coming off oh that's great no i love <laughs> that's it that's so good that's awesome um well, yeah, well, let's, let's dive into uh, the scratch and let's dive into scratching the surface. I don't want to say we're going to dive in because I'm not sure we're going to dive into <laughs> to your depth of knowledge of packaging. Um, but kind of some of the things that some of the brands talk about is packaging. The big thing in the world is like being eco-friendly. How can you create sustainable packaging? And there's all sorts of different types of, of things to, to, to look at when designing packaging. So if a brand comes to you and says, we want to create more a sustainable packaging method, do you go over like some type of consulting and say, Hey, here are some things that like use less packaging or material choices or again, like I want to say we're going to dive into it, but let's scratch the surface maybe on maybe a, a general like consultation yeah. of creating a sustainable packaging uh, plan for, for, okay. for company. So uh, I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to lean on my pastoral background a little bit <laughs> All right. to, talk, to answer this question. So in, if, if you're trying to like interpret or understand like, you know, art or like ancient literature or something like that. There are really two methodologies that people will employ. Um, So for me, it was like how to study the Bible. And so there is the exegetical method, which is proper, which means to pull out to exegete. Um, And so you, you jump in and you, you realize like, is, what is, what is objectively true? What does that mean? What did it mean to those people? So on and so forth. And how's it applied? And then eisegetical means to lay on top of which means to say like this is what i believe to be true and so i'm going to i'm going to basically like put my echo chamber of thoughts on top of this text or this art or whatever it is i'm going to make it believe or mean what i want it to believe or mean so when it comes to to this topic of sustainable packaging with a brand too often and i think that this is to the detriment of our industry and ultimately to the detriment of you know, like humanity potentially, is that there are people who are like, I already know what sustainable packaging means, and I'm going to isogetically interpret or basically tell you what it means for you to be sustainable. And I prefer the exegetical method of of sustainability because every brand is different. It's just like a person, right? Like every brand is different. 
every brand has goals, they have people, they have an audience, they have a unique supply chain. Is it D to C? Is it direct sales D to C? Is it online through, you know, Shopify? Is it retail? Do they want to go retail at some point? Is it premium? Is it not? There's so many questions to ask. So to say like, well, we just need everything to be compostable is, is disingenuous to the unique journey that the brand and the products are going to go on. And so starting with that and really kind of digging in with a brand and saying like, okay, you know, what are all of these questions? And I typically pepper a brand with, uh, with a fair amount of questions. Now that's to like an emerging brand that might be starting. If it's, you know, Procter and Gamble, obviously there's going to be a more nuanced conversation though. It still starts with that. What are your goals and objectives? For some people, it's we want to reduce plastic waste in the in the in the world. For others, it's we want to be 100% recyclable by 2025. We've signed the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. We've signed the Amazon Climate Pledge. Whatever it is, we want to. The, the UN has sustainability goals. That's what we want to hit. It's like okay, we'll start with what they're trying to achieve, and I'm not there to argue if it's good or bad, what they're trying to achieve. Now, if they're like, our sustainability goal is to slaughter baby seals, I'm going to be like, ah, probably not. I'm pretty sure that's a tough sustainability goal. Like, <laughs> we need more baby seals in our packaging. I'd be like, I'm the wrong person for that. Um, but so far, no one said that. So, <laughs> that's good. Just so you know, it's like, could we have seal blood as our ink? I'm like, calm down, calm buddy. <laughs> well, I'm glad nobody's <laughs> thrown that out yet. Uh, yeah that no, no, i think that's a good a good uh, a good a good take on it i saw something on linkedin the other day about a brand that said it was a swimsuit brand i can't remember what it was but on the packaging it said we are now sustainable and it's fully compost compostable compostable whatever uh -huh. you can compost it whatever <laughs> and then on the back it still had like a recycling i don't know all the, the lingos of it but on the linkedin posted like, i had a recycling sign with a four on it or something like that and like, oh, that yeah. maybe it's not a recyclable plastic or something. I can't remember. And so it's kind of yeah, like, I think the that might have been actually there. someone that I worked with. It might have been oh. Rachel Jellin that I worked with at Myers. Um, because she posted something similar to that. It was like yeah. a garment bag that said, like, you can compost this garment bag. And then on the back, it had the number four, which mm -hmm. is actually recyclable. Most of those are not like you should recycle this four times or you should recycle it. It's, <laughs> it's a resin code. It doesn't mean that they're all actually recyclable through curbside, you kind of mm. like municipality recycling. It's really just one and two um, are and are you can like put in your recycle bin for again, these are general statements. So if it's a number one or number two, then you can probably put it in. All the other numbers you really gotta check with your local municipality. Number four, you typically have to take into a store. They'll have like a bunch of bins in the front, like plastic shopping bags and things like that. Um, and those all get turned into, for the most part, composite wood and building supplies, hmm. which is great. It's not terrible. It's just, if you see like number seven on there, it's like, we don't really know, but it's made from plastics and <laughs> it's called like mixed. It's like, I saw one that was 88. I'm like, what? <laughs> make up numbers. It's like, yeah, this looks good. How did they so, get yeah. 274. That's mine. So I didn't realize that. So on packaging, if it has a little recycling triangle thing and then the number inside it, that says how many times you can use it before you recycle it. Or what is it? What's that number? Identified? Oh, no, 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 okay. no. I hope I was, I, I was saying that that's not what it means. Oh, okay. Got it. The okay. number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, geez. No, the number is just what's called, what's called a resin code. 
Okay. So it's just a number to designate what what the material actually is. So is it mm. um, HDPE? Is it PET? Is it polypropylene? Which every time, literally every time I talk about recycled polypropylene, like eighth grade Adam comes out because I'm like, because people <laughs> like you'll be having you'll be having a conversation in a business setting with like business people dressed in business stuff, and they're like, we just need more recycled PP. I'm like. Oh, <laughs> And then you put on your TikTok wig and you go to town. <laughs> I put on my wig and I'm just like, you said, it's like I come out, of, it's like Beavis and Butthead comes out and I'm just like, a little, you oh, see, we're trying to have a serious conversation here, Adam. And I'm like, I understand what you're saying. You you need more, you need 65% recycled PP in your packaging, but it's still pretty funny. <laughs> that, that is pretty good especially it's if they're like it's pretty funny. if they're in <laughs> suits good. and stuff i can only imagine like boardroom and they're talking about 65 percent recycled pp that's, uh, uh, that's i've, I've literally i've been in meetings so there, there's a material um in flexible films um and also in labels so in labels it's like BOPP, uh, which is like bi-oriented polypropylene. And then there's OPP, which is oriented polypropylene. So like, I'll be like taking specs down and they're like, yeah, we, we're going to, it's going to be a, you know, whatever, 1.8 mil clear OPP. And I'm just like, okay. I'm like, so would you say that you are down with the OPP? And they're, and if they don't say, yeah, you know me from Naughty by Nature, classic <laughs> song, then I'm like, in a business meeting, I'll say this. If they're like, yeah, yeah, we are. I'm like, okay, good. And I'll just keep going. Like, we're never going to be friends. You didn't, you didn't understand my joke. So we won't be friends. We still, we'll still tell you things, but. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's good. That's it's, it's a journey. Uh, so um, when you, sorry, kind of going back to the the question of like, these brands come to the, come to you and say, hey, you kind of start with the, the end in mind. What is their goal? Do a lot of brands have a sustainability goal or are there some that maybe it's like, maybe it's not, it's not about sustainability. Maybe it's uh, just reducing freight costs or packaging costs or um, like, what's the, what are other goals that brands might have? Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's all ultimately part of a sustainability journey for a brand. So you're right. Not everybody has like, we have a, we have a committed goal. Like uh, for example, Coca-Cola just um, announced they're going to change all their Sprite bottles from green to clear. And there's a there's a lot of reasons for something like that for a brand like Coca-Cola because they committed to having 100% recycled PET bottles by a certain date. Well, there's not enough PET in the world that they could use because green, when you recycle it, can't become another color. It can only become like green again or black, um, and so or or maybe some brown or something like that. So by by switching to clear, then they can get clear PET by the you know, buy the tons into the recycling stream and then buy it at a lower cost. So there's a cost play um, that's that's there for for Coke. There's, you know, supply chain. It's 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 a good thing to do. It's not a bad thing to do. Um, and so they had a clear goal in mind, but not everybody is Coca-Cola. Right. So when I say it's all a sustainability thing, like if you're talking about reducing freight costs, that means that you are reducing the amount, you ultimately are reducing the amount of CO2 that is required to get your product from A to B to C. And so if you reduce, you know the song like reduce, reuse, recycle, <laughs> we try to go through it in that order. So if you reduce the size of your packaging, um, and if you're an e-commerce brand, you reduce the overall size, and then that then can fit into a USPS priority mail or whatever it is, be, and now you have standard freight 
and now there's an efficiency that comes from that, that's good for the environment. It's also good for your profits because it's costing you less now to ship your product. Or if you're a retailer and you want to fit more on a pallet so that you can put more pallets into a trailer so that when you ship the trailer to the distribution center, it takes up, you know, more of your products take up less space. Again, that's, that's a sustainability thing. It's also, by the way, a great way to make a little bit more money in inflationary times like we have right now. Um, and so while the goal might not be sustainability, it, it ends up being better for the environment when you can make decisions that are reducing the size of your packaging and the amount of packaging that you have. So I walk through what I call like the four P's of sustainability with, with a lot of brands. And I kind of touched on a few of them. It's like, is it good for the product? There's nothing good about returns. There's nothing good about damaged goods and shipping. Um, there's, there's nothing good about a, a lot of waste. So if it's food and you have really bad barriers in your packaging and, and there's a lot of obsolescence, that's bad. So is it good for the product? Um, is it good for the planet? So can we, how do we measure like no baby seal skins, right? Like <laughs> how do we measure this impact on the planet? Um, you know, there, there are the plastic does have a good value in, in packaging. You, we can't just get rid of plastic and packaging or else we'd have a s slew of other problems. Um, so that's the most subjective one. Mm -hmm. Is it good for your profits? So there's nothing sustainable about going out of business. You have to make <laughs> money, right? No, like, yeah, definitely. And then, and it is good for your people. Like, is it on brand? Mm -hmm. So will they recognize your product? Will they resonate with craft versus, a, you know, white paper? How, how is that going to land? Because again, that still goes back to the profitability section. So mm -hmm. I try to help brands kind of understand the holistic nature of the conversation, not just like plastic's bad, paper is good. And anyone else who thinks otherwise is crazy. Like that's not helpful to the conversation. Awesome. So to recap, you had the four, the four buckets were uh, product, planet, well, people, profit. Pro yep. Pro or maybe yep. I'm out of order, but. It's, it doesn't, the, the order doesn't matter, right? They're, they're all there. That, and they all have to kind of be checked. I thought that's a super easy, quick um, TikTok for you. The four piece. I'm sure you've done multiple TikToks on those four things. I'm sure with a cool, little, I guess you don't dance. I'm not sure you're doing little finger points, profit, planet. <laughs> that, oh, I should do that. I, make, I haven't made that one. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll maybe don a new wig. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> do the, the pointing TikTok things. <laughs> well, the Napoleon dynamite yeah. dance would look oh, really yeah. good as you, as you have that, that, uh, that wig the on. The one at the end with the vote for Pedro t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> That would be that would be pretty cool. That's gonna be a good one. Um, no, I think those are awesome sustainability factors and a lot of things that people don't don't think about. Um, when you get involved in this, uh, so for us, right, we deal a lot in e-com supply chain. Um, when a business is starting out, usually packaging isn't typically the first thing that's on their mind. I'd say, um, and a lot of times, I think they just go to the they defer to whatever the factory is going to give them, and they're going to ship it in whatever the Chinese corrugated boxes are going to ship from China over to their 3PL or warehouse here in the US. Um, and until like months, if not years later, they're like, oh, these boxes suck, this packaging sucks. When do you typically get involved with a brand as far as like being like packaging consultants um, kind of kind of things? Or when should a brand get involved with a packaging consultant? I mean, in terms of like, when, when should you 
pay to have a packaging consultant come and help you out. I, that's, that's one of those, like, where are you at on your brand journey? Oftentimes you can go talk to a, well, like, like Corey Connors, like my buddy works for the largest packaging distributor, one of the largest packaging distributors in the world. So they have access to manufacture and you don't have to pay Corey to do that necessarily. Right. Like, at the end of the day, like there are there are people whose job it is to put you into the right kind of packaging. That's not a a line item cost that says packaging consultant paid five thousand dollars, whatever the number is, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, there there are ways in which you can do that. There are packaging design firms that are out there. In terms of when to start considering packaging, if if you really if you really begin to think about it, and this is this is the thing that I really try to challenge anybody on who's starting a, starting a brand is packaging really does have touch points across almost every component of your business. And it's just so out of mind for a lot of people. So how you communicate the regulatory, you know, if, if you have a food company or if you have like a CPG product or something like that, like you have to communicate things on the packaging. And there, there, are, there are FTC guidelines that you have to hit. If you're selling into multiple countries, right? You have like different languages that you ha- that are required. If, if you, um, if you're going to have a, br- if you're going to have an unboxing experience, obviously you want to have somebody who has a way to design that from a structural perspective so that it all functions. And oh, by the way, it's got to get from China. If that's where they're buying it from to the United States in some fashion. And if it comes in and you're like, this is a pretty bad experience, then maybe you have to repackage that and you need to get somebody involved in that. If all you're going to do is like turnkey something and flip it on Amazon or whatever it might be, um, then maybe that's not as important. And that's good to know, right? Like it's good to have an awareness of how valuable packaging is, but it has value. You cannot Mike TV from Willy Wonka stuff if you remember that scene from Willy Wonka where like he disintegrates and then ch- teleports and then shows up as Mike TV, like <laughs> we can't do that. We can't teleport things yet. And so because of that, you have to have packaging. Everything in your room right now, wherever you're listening to this, if it's in a car or if you're in your office or in your room, everything in that room required packaging to get from wherever it was made into that place. Every single thing required packaging. It's a trillion dollar industry. So to so to neglect it, and you don't even have to pay for a consultant, to <laughs> neglect it is silly to me because you all, you have all the benefits and you have virtually zero risk to have some of these some of these packaging consultants who work for these these companies like like Corey does, right? To come in and just take a look at it. Well it's zero cost except for a little bit of your time. I I mean, even taking it to kind of the next level of it's, it's part of the experience of the brand. So a premium brand has premium packaging. It feels nice. It looks nice. You can tell they've spent a lot of time designing it and it, it really goes in line with the product. Uh, you know, I think we can all think of times when we've ordered a product, super excited about it and it comes in like the packaging is just like not great and it feels cheap, but then kind of taints the, the experience of the product, which is kind of funny because the product could still be killer and, and, and amazing and super high quality. But if the packaging doesn't match, then it kind of ruins a little bit of that experience for, for people. And I think a lot of brands get that. 
and some execute mm-hmm. really well on it and others, you know, others don't get that. So I guess, do you have any experiences where, you know, you were able to like level up a brand's packaging? Obviously you do that every day, but you know, anything like specific of, of maybe a, a, an experience that you've had that you've been able to do that for a brand? Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to think of like, which ones can I actually talk about? Um, <laughs> top secret, because you, 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 you got some top secret well, government it's, jobs it's you're working on. <laughs> Not no well, no. When when you're dealing with retail and CPG and direct to consumer packaging, you do sign pretty binding NDAs because you get their artwork to make something potentially four months before it's released to the public, mm-hmm. um, and so not many people think. Think about that very often. Um, so you have insider knowledge we, on some of this stuff. You know when we are privy to information that most consumers don't have, and so you, you do end up signing some some pretty some pretty awesome NDAs. So how about I'll, I'll give an example of a company that I think it's not going to be Apple because everyone talks about Apple, right? But like a company who I think does packaging um, just insanely well. There's there's a lot of them, but. Um, one is, uh, Sonos. Hmm. If you've ever bought a Sonos speaker, if you're familiar with what it is, it's like a smart home speaker. They're like everything down to their logo. So their logo can be read because of the font that they created can be read from every different direction. You can spin the box around Hmm. and it still says Sonos from every different direction. It's almost all entirely pulp-based, like paper-based packaging, really clean. And and while I don't like keep my Sonos boxes, like a lot of people keep like their iPhone box and things like that. Um, I, I don't like keep them for like, oh, this is really beautiful. It just creates a really elegant experience because you're spending in some cases, you know, 500 to $1,000 on a speaker and you want to have it to be like a really nice experience. So they, they do a really nice job with that. I had Michelle... Enright, who heads up uh, packaging at Sonos, was on my podcast, and and I I told her like I just think they have really really great packaging, um, so that's a brand that I think really leveled up, and has has sort of stood out as as someone um, with really great packaging. Here in um, here in Utah, there was a uh, oh shoot, who was it that I was thinking about? Um, that, that's, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily Sonos. Um, man, they make the, uh, Jojo's chocolates. I think Jojo's chocolates does, does a really killer job and they have, they leveled up their packaging recently and, uh, you know, they've, they've got a really beautiful stand-up pouch in the club store. You can see it. It's from a far away. There's, there's some rules about creating club store packaging that's different from other, um, retail packaging. Uh, they they worked with a, a design firm here in Salt Lake City to to kind of help them with that and and oftentimes with that by the way comes consumers as much as they will never admit it will pay more for a brand that they believe is either more sustainable or more premium mm-hmm. and all oftentimes it's communicated in the packaging. hundred oh, percent, yeah, for sure. Maybe to maybe to play devil's advocate here again as a shipping guy, I get paranoid on shipments on the small parcel. FedEx picks up a shipment delivers it to a customer. Um, what are your thoughts on like branded shipping boxes? For me, I get nervous if you're trying to do a premium experience. I, I don't 100% have data to back it up. I want to get data, but like if there's a branded box, 
like Apple doesn't put their stuff in an Apple shipping box. It sends out like a, a brown corrugated box and you open it up and there's the Apple nice packaging inside. What's your thoughts on having like branded shipping boxes going out? Do you have any insight on that? What, what's your thoughts on, on yeah. that, that experience, that higher risk, do you think for something getting porch pirated or, or stolen and lost in transit kind of thing? Um, or how would you mitigate that risk or if there is even a risk there? Oh, of course there's a risk, right? Like I, the, and, and the risk has to be, it, it has to be played against the rewards. So, um, you know, there, there are, there are things that you can do, for example, like you can buy just like stock boxes that are standard size. And if you want to have some kind of brand recognition, um, just buy branded shipping tape. Mm-hmm. Right. Like nobody actually knows what it is, but if it's, if you just want to have your logo repeating, like that's a super inexpensive way to at least have a, an initial brand experience. And I don't think there's anyone out there that's like, Oh, look at how beautiful, except for me uh, on, on TikTok, <laughs> right? Like look how beautiful this, this shipping box was. Um, now there are ways that you can, you can print those pretty easily. Now digital court direct uh, digital printing onto corrugated has come a long way and it's super cost effective to do it now but from from a supply chain standpoint from like um you know like gray market where people are taking your product out from the distribution center and reselling it um what's that what's that called not uh ah oh crap it starts with a c it's not collusion that's the word i'm thinking of anyway it'll it'll come back to me that thing um where where people are are selling your product on amazon that aren't authorized to do it or ebay or whatever it might be um, to like stealing it off the porch, you've got to weigh that against the experience of the brand. But in terms of the actual execution of it, it's it's pretty easy to do these days mm-hmm. with with where technology has come uh, come up to. Um, you know, Nike recently, you can see behind me, I've got a lot of sneaker boxes. <laughs> this isn't like a virtual background. I love sneakers. <laughs> and, um, and Nike recently launched a whole line of shoes that don't that the shipping box is the sneaker is the shoe box Mm. and so the box comes to you and you rip it open it's got a return tear tab on it and you can send it back if the shoes don't fit um and they're made from recycled materials it's a pretty cool line that's all moved to zero thing so yeah you can still create an experience with the shipping box but you there's there's more things to weigh to your point emerson yeah no that's 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 an interesting campaign i love to see how those boxes work on, on nike that that definitely sounds fascinating. I love that kind of stuff. Oh, so let me pull down this this Jenga tower behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got one back there, but that's not coming down. <laughs> so does that mean you have like a whole closet of just a ton of Nike shoes? Is that what I'm I'm seeing? Or you keep are you the guy that keeps them all in the box and you're waiting for the limited drops and you're swooping on those? Oh no, I I wear I I for a while I tried to like flip sneakers and it's it's kind of just an exhausting way to have a hobby, mm-hmm. but um. Anymore, like I, I buy shoes to wear them. So uh, all, all these shoes back here. There's actually a pair. If you remember Big Baller brand, uh-huh. uh, do you remember uh, when uh, LeVar Ball came out? So I've got like right right there, if you can see. <laughs> that's a pair of Big Baller brand shoes. Awesome. Um, but no, I, I don't. Awesome. I don't, I'm not like holding on to them because I think they're going to pay for my kid's college fund. <laughs> I just like having them. That's cool. That's awesome. That's fun. So 
you touched on this, and this is a whole nother conversation in and of itself, but retail packaging versus e-commerce packaging, you know, Neverson and I have both have seen and had experience with, you know, the, the packaging of the product that we were selling worked really well for e-commerce. And then we had to like totally pivot because we started getting into retail. So maybe like what are, if a brand is looking to get into retail, they've been doing e-commerce successfully. Um, are there any like tips or tricks or, or things that they need to think about as they're considering retail? Well, yeah, for sure. When you're considering, so if you're considering, e, if, if you're e-commerce and you're going to pivot into retail, which is fascinating because in 2020, it was everybody was like, how do we pivot to, to, yeah. to direct to consumer who are traditional retail? Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff to consider because the your packaging journey in direct to consumer e-commerce can sometimes be from the place where it's made directly to the consumer. And that's its journey, right? It gets on one truck, then it ships there. Retail doesn't always work that way. And there are there are retail timelines that you have to consider, um, pa different pallet dimensions. How high can you stack it? How do you even stack stuff on a pallet to go to a distribution center? Um, there's a there's a whole program actually called Tops, if you're curious, uh, that you can come up with these these pallet stacking. Uh, diagrams. So how do you stack it? How do you wrap that thing? Can you can you put it a couple high in a in a trailer or can it only be single stacked in a trailer? When it or it does it need to be refrigerated um, when it when it ships? Like there's all sorts of different questions that people haven't really considered. And that's even before it gets to the shelf. When it gets to the shelf, you are now not only competing with packaging online like you're trying to get people onto a site but now people are in the store and you have we have our attention span has dropped significantly in the united states it's down to like 2.9 seconds that somebody's going to make a decision at the shelf and so because they got their phones now and they're scrolling through my TikTok, right? Or <laughs> they're, they're they're just you know they're, they're looking at stuff all the time it's like flick 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 people are making life dating decisions swipe 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 you know it's like <laughs> Crazy. This is just how people are acting these days. And when they're in the retail store, they're they're there for a different reason, but that distraction still exists. And so you need to have a way in which to grab someone's attention if you're a new brand into that retail market. Why are they going to buy from you? What is the thing that's gonna it's gonna make you stand out because they they put you next to all of your competitors? And if they don't know who you are, you've got to give them a reason. You can do you can control that a little bit digitally through, you know, buying ads and paying, you know, influencers and all that stuff. But at the moment of truth at the shelf, your packaging is your salesperson. It has to communicate to them. It has to be clear and has to be actionable really quickly. Um, and so there's there's displays that you can build that you can put up in the store that retailers will let you set up. Uh, there's companies that can give you data. Uh, there's a company called Retail Aware that I really like that gives you data in the store. So once you've launched, you can see how are people interacting with your packaging in real time. Get that data, learn, and be quick to pivot when you need to, because retail is a whole different world than direct to consumer. I'm I think, excited to check out your your TED talk. I, there's a couple of points I'm like, that sounds like that could have come from your TikTok. I like that. Like the packaging is your salesperson. That's something you don't think about it in that way when you're in retail, like literally that is the only uh, sales tool you have in that retail setting. There's not people there telling you what it is and saying, Hey, this is the best thing. Like it's literally on your, your package and say, this is the best because of this and make it super concise and 
and pinpoint. I haven't thought of it that way. That was a great, great insight. I think I just walking through the store, like I could identify the brands that like do this well. And some brands that like, I've seen some packaging at the store that I'm like, man, I really don't want to buy this, but like, I know what the product is and I actually do want this, but like the packaging is not doing anything for me or, you know, the label or whatever it is does not draw me in. But you mentioned Jojo's like I've bought those before and they're fantastic. And I think the packaging actually does do a good job of like, you, you can see it from afar. You, you kind of get an idea of what it is and it, it, it kind of sells itself. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, kind of getting towards the, the end of the, the podcast, um, kind of going to like a story time, time mode. You kind of touched on, on this a little bit already, but I'm kind of wondering, you kind of talked about some brands that do things really well. Do you have an example of someone that did maybe something like completely absurd or just like super creative out of the box that you're like, okay, this was like a fun, a fun project to work on. Maybe that's, that's not part of the government or some top secret project you're not allowed to talk about. Is there one you are, <laughs> you weren't sworn to secrecy that you could talk about that was just like creative out of the box or in the box, um, I guess. Can, can I tell, can I tell a story that was creative out of the box and was a co- complete failure? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So this is, this is a point where packaging is like you you can be guilty of of overthinking packaging so there was and again this is not i'm I'm trying to not talk about stuff that i'm like currently working on or had worked on because i legitimately am like i don't know what i like what agreements (laughs) i signed um i'm sure there's stuff that i that i can i can talk about i just can't recall it right now but so i was um i'm i'm a big coffee drinker um i love coffee and which moving out to Utah, I found like there's not as many coffee <laughs> options as existed in, in Colorado. Um, people who are not in Utah are like, what does that mean? I'm like, just come here. You'll find out. <laughs> uh, so, so I was in, I was in Starbucks. Uh, this was a, this was a little bit ago. And there was a, there was a tea that was, uh, it was, it was like Oprah, like Oprah's tea. And, and it was in this beautiful, elegant, it's called a rigid telescoping setup box. It's kind of like an Apple box, like had this great experience and you'd pull it open. And so I'm like looking at it because I'm a packaging person. I had some like foil on it and it was, oh man, it's so beautiful. I looked at it, it was like, it was like $13 for this, for this tea container. And I looked at my wife and I was like, I bet this tea sucks. <laughs> She's like, what? I'm like, cause, because you just have to do math, right? Like mm-hmm. there's retail markups. Somebody had to make this. I know how much the packaging costs. I knew the packaging was right around 3 to $4 for the box. And I'm like, <laughs> how, much, how much money they put into the actual manufacturing of the tea was probably this much versus the whole experience. Hmm. And so they were offering us a sample <laughs> because they were trying to push it and sell it because it was Starbucks and it was Oprah. So surely this, we can just push whatever we want. And so we tried the sample of the tea and I was like, hmm. And she's like, you're right. It's awful. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> never. I, and, and they never, they hardly sold any of the tea because they thought well, we can just put all of our money into packaging and marketing and, and we forgot about the product. So hmm. there is as much as I love packaging, right? Like there's a fine line. You don't want to buy a $10 HDMI cable online and have it show up and pay $50 or $100 for it and have it show up in this beautiful packaging. It's like, no, you just kind of want that in a poly bag because it's functional. Mm-hmm. You don't need an unboxing experience for that HDMI cable that's going to show up at your house, right? You're going to take it out. You're going to open it. You're going to go set it up. You bought it for a very functional reason. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't need I don't need my um, – I'm trying to think of a, of a, of a product now that, that, I, that I buy regular – bread. 
like in milk. Like I don't need these things to create some like aha moment. I need them to be really functional and keep my bread fresh and keep my milk from not going bad. That's mm -hmm. what I really want and tasting good. I don't need, I don't need, everything doesn't need an experience. Mm -hmm. And so Starbucks and Oprah missed that. They thought that they needed experience, like maybe just make good tea. Yeah. That that would have probably been a good idea. And don't don't invest in all of this crazy expensive packaging. Now that I know you're like a TikTok guy, I'm thinking of like just new like headers or something to go across, or like even like your next LinkedIn post, like see where Starbucks and Oprah went wrong. And there's like your TikTok, like you know, it's a thumbnail, whatever, oh my gosh. or something. <laughs> no, I have I have totally thought because like like podcasts are great. Like we're we both host them and we're on one right now. So shout out. By the way, if you're still listening right now kudos to you because i like talking about i love talking about packaging but boy you've really stuck with it um so but i thought about like true crime podcasts about like crimes of packaging like that's let's, awesome let's, let's look at, like who is really who's really so terrible at, at packaging. that's awesome um so, but you know, actually, you know who does a great job with crazy, audacious, ridiculous packaging hmm. is liquid death water. Oh, oh man, those guys are awesome. They sell water. <laughs> That's and it. And they do a killer, they, they do an awesome job with their packaging, but it's still a can in a box. Mm -hmm. So they don't over package it. They just make you feel like this is a really fun experience. Oh, totally. It feels like I'm drinking a beer, but I'm having water. <laughs> and so I, I can bring this, I can bring this to the party and still be the designated driver and feel okay. <laughs> <laughs> and awesome. not be judged by anybody. Else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or show up to any dinner party in Utah that I'm invited to. Like, <laughs> hey, oh, hey, what's still good. Slap it down. Still good. <laughs> I, I would guarantee half the people would be like, oh my gosh, you brought beer. <laughs> I know. No, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's just water. I'm going to pray over it oh. and we'll see what happens. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's still going to stay water. <laughs> just so we're all good. Uh, oh. He really is liquid death, Pastor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. So, uh, if uh, kind of just wrapping it up, you know, on the same vein, if you had to start a product business today, what would it be and why? Okay, so I, I did. I'm helping my son start. Uh, I'll, I'll promote my son, my 15 year old son. Nice. I've really been pushing him to start a product based company. And so I've been helping him out with some of the logistics and finding somebody to make it. There's contract manufacturing and all sorts of stuff involved. So um, he started a company called Weenus Lube. I saw this on LinkedIn. <laughs> right. <other day. laughs> yep. Just announced it on LinkedIn. Uh, we're getting ready to go to go to our first production run. It is uh, it's moisturizer for dry elbow skin. Um, but you know what? We've also decided that your, your legs have weenus. You've you got a leg weenus, which is your knee. Uh, you got a face weenus, which is right here on your nose, right? There's, you, you kind of have like a, your, your whole body, you know, you can, you can probably find it's your, kind of your, your body is a weenus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <you're, laughs> uh, so we're, we're starting that and you know, it, it's, it's fun and it's sophomoric and it's ridiculous. But if you think about like dude wipes, oh, yeah. you know what they did, they, they, they played off of that and have done quite well. Um, there, there are ways to disrupt into markets and men's skincare right now is the fastest growing segment of the skincare segment. So it's not as though I didn't help him out and like do some research with him. Cause I want him to understand, I want him to go through high school having like started and executed and run a, run some kind of semblance of business. 
because if we're going to lament like all oh, kids these days don't learn these things in school it's like why don't we teach them i'm i'm the parent yeah i get to teach them. so that's amazing everyone check that. out w-e-e-n-u-s by the way we didn't spell it like you know <laughs> <laughs> okay so, so is it an actual live website now like weenus.com like can you check it out there no or where do we, where do you check this out uh, so right now, just on, at Weenus Lube on TikTok, okay. uh, we have WeenusLube.com, but I don't think the site is up necessarily okay. because we're waiting to get product and probably get like, I would love some sharehouse people to help me out. Like, yeah. I have no idea how to like help him set up. A, is it Shopify? Like, is that what we do? Like, <laughs> I have ex- I have hit my limit of like what I know, I can get the stuff made, I can get the label made. Mm-hmm. I got it designed by one of the best packaging designers I know. His name's Kirk Visola out of Oakland. Um, he did a great job designing the logo, designing the label. Like, But I'm like, dude, you got it. Like he runs the TikTok, like he's trying to figure out marketing. He's trying to make videos. He's trying to do all that stuff. Um, and I'm just helping him out. So that's cool. Well, yeah, we've uh, got, we've got, well, Emerson and I, this is kind of what we do as well offline. So we'd love to chat more with you and connect you with the right people let's to, do get, it. to yeah. get it. Let's get weenuses lubricated all around the world. <laughs> Everybody's <Perfect>. weenus. Everyone. <laughs> Everyone's weenus needs to be lubricated. <laughs> oh man. I love what you're doing there though. Like my kids, my oldest is six and I'm already thinking like, how do I get him into a business? You know, um, Emerson's just so busy. I put it's on so air, it's on airplane mode just for the just for the record. So oh, that one, no one got by. It's fine. <laughs> it's all good. It's fine. So that's uh sorry, I'm just I'm thinking of all the the you marketing things. transition out of out of Weenus out of Weenus. So, <laughs> I think we call it right there. All right, that's it. It's done and it's over. <laughs> Thanks guys. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's that's awesome. I think that's great. Yeah, great parenting. I think that's great business sense teaching mentoring the the next generation that's awesome excited to see where where this goes and yeah like russ said uh sharehouse has great resources to, to help you out there um cool. on that ne- our next question we have is what's the best piece of advice you can give someone who is starting a business i guess what maybe what's some of that advice you're giving to your son or just anyone in general right now yeah so uh my the best piece of advice i can give comes from the greatest female rapper ever lauren hill um she has uh, she has a great quote from her song "Do Wop That Thing," where she repeats a line, and I think it's an amazing line. She says, "How you gonna win if you ain't right within?" And she keeps repeating. If you remember, "How you gonna win if you ain't right within?" How you gonna win if you ain't right within? And I love that because um, number one, I love Lauren Hill. I love the Fugees, but like, if you're gonna win at business, like there's there's there are ways to make money. But if you don't, if you're not like resolved in your, in your, in yourself and in your spirit, and, and if you are not excited about it, if you're not passionate about it, I'm not saying you have to like pursue all of your passions. That's not it at all. Or like, if you're not solely passionate about something, like quit your job and just go like, like I love me, like I love hip hop music and sneakers and playing basketball, but I work in the packaging industry (laughs) and I became passionate about it. Right. Um, I'm an awful rapper, uh, although I've tried. So, um, so, but you know, like, like getting, getting yourself, getting your mental health, right. Like getting your finances, right. Uh, getting your, your, your spiritual, your emotional journey, right. Like being right within is, is really the best way to, to ultimately win because, you know, money, money can come and go. And there, like I said, there are lots of different ways to go out and make money. That's, to me, at least, that's not as exciting as 
being a person who is who is resolved and principled who is going out to do something simon sinek talks about it right? like like find your why right mm -hmm. like that whole concept but lauren hill song came out way before simon sinek's book so i like to give <laughs> lauren hill yeah she gets all the credit have you ever, have you ever read um so good they can't ignore you no, you, but that's now going to be the name of my next hip hop album. Excellent. So <laughs> there are multiple facets here, but that book is fantastic. And uh, you, what you just said about like passion and you like don't have to, you became passionate after you really got into the packaging in industry. That's what this book is about. Like he almost kind of debunks the whole idea of like, find what you're passionate about and then go after that thing. You become passionate about the thing that you're really good at. So if you get really good mm -hmm. at something, you will love what you do. And it's, it's almost kind of going right in line with being, being right within yourself or being, you know, kind of like balanced and, 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 and right where you need to be on all levels, but, but, uh, kind of chasing, not chasing the every elusive passion that, that a lot of, uh, a lot of people right. are like, man, I'm just not passionate about this. So they're always going to the next thing and never settling. And then they never do find that passion. Yeah. I, I was not pat like, I thought I was going to be a pastor for my whole life, like a preaching, like vocational pastor. And what I found is that the thing inside of me that drew me to that was executable throughout various different places. And my job was in packaging. And I started to find out like, I really love people. And I love inter I love interacting with, with diverse groups of people. And packaging has taken me all around the world. Um, I've been able to meet people from, you know, every just just various different ethnicities and various different sexual orientations and various different you know, gender identifications, like all of it. I get to interact with them marketing in sales and supply chain in legal and engineering, like all of this stuff is, is is tethered to packaging in some way. And I was like, oh, man, I love people. And and and, and I get to stay in packaging and still get to love people and and apply what I love, what I'm passionate about into this area that, that I, that I think is really important. And, but I became, I became more in, in love with the industry because I started with like, I just get to help people and this is great. And that's what drove me. Yeah. Well, Adam, this has been an amazing conversation, a lot of fun. And it honestly is probably the most fun uh, episode we've recorded to yeah. date. And it's all about packaging, which could be arguably the most boring subject. So. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And if wait, wait, can, I, can I give it a can I give it one of these? Oh, <laughs> where has that been this entire time? It's so obnoxious. I use it on I. So uh, every Monday, I host a packaging news show on LinkedIn, and I br I br use my air horn, and it drives people crazy, and I love it so much. <laughs> my little soundboard. Um, so but I, it's gonna be between the wig and the and the air horn. Like we gotta yeah. we gotta watch. No, it. it's great. so good. So what can our audience do for you? Are you looking for you know? referrals or are you hiring or even like you know tell us where we can find you podcast linkedin all that sure yeah so i i work for a company that makes i, I run the sales side of a company that makes packaging so everything from influencer kits to retail displays to boxes and labels and rfid like we make all of it under our two hundred fifty thousand square foot roof in minneapolis minnesota and so if if you're a brand that is like i don't know if we're quite connecting with the right people in the packaging industry, let me know because I promise you that like if we can't do it, I have a I have arguably one of the largest networks in the entire industry across the globe. Like 
I will help you find who that is, even if it's my competitor. And I mean it sincerely because like I said, I genuinely want to help people more than I want to, you know, make money. Although making money is helpful, right? Because then that employs people. So, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm down to talk to brands that just are, are hoping to even just have me come in and take a look. Uh, we've got 15 people that uh, sell for Myers across the country. So if you're if you're listening to this, you're not in Utah. That's where I live, um, along with uh, Tim Drisdom, who I just hired, uh, who works for me. Um, so the two of us could come in, come have a chat with you. That would be great. Uh, you know, referrals to people are also really fantastic. Uh, even if you're just like, hey, listen, this packaging is whack. What do you think of it? Like, send me a note. I'm super approachable on LinkedIn. I post on there every single day. Uh, and, um, you know, send me a send me a note there. My cell phone, my actual cell phone number is on there. You can send me a text. Just please include an animated GIF because that uh, would make me so happy. Uh, so that's up there. Um, I think I talked to the beginning at Packaging Pastor on TikTok, People of Packaging Podcast. Uh, all of my things, including the TEDx talk I did, is up at packagingpastor.com. Um, and so that's a place that you can go find all of the things, that the sales course I've done, all that stuff. So um, I think that's probably that's probably it. <laughs> that's it. I just my Venmo. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that would be the that would be the last. Send money. Yeah. That's great too. Uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Adam, thanks so much for jumping on, man. Again, you've been you've been awesome. Uh, we appreciate it, and uh, look forward to having you more in the in the sharehouse community. Um, yeah. And uh, and look excited to see where Weenus Lube goes, man. So we'll we'll be keeping an eye out for that. But thanks so much for joining. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe and visit us at sharehouse.com to join the community today.